I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. I will find you. You will ask. What will you do when they find me? Hey, Ashley. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I'm I've, I've had a really great week so far. Good. Good. How's the new job? Cuz that I started this I love it. I I came home today and I told Nick I said I didn't realize how much I missed actually using my brain. Um a lot of the new job is problem solving and where something is and where it could be and what could have happened to it and figuring out who did what with what and where what went how and it's not right so dog training what I was doing is a lot of problem solving also but it's very simple step 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 this is very detailed in-depth problem solving um and I just really enjoyed it it's been a lot of fun good I'm glad I'm glad it will and I'm sure it's not you know it's just going to be a new chat like a new hurdle every day of of different situation and a different way to look at it and um, and go about it so that's kind of cool yes it's a lot to take in for sure yeah so anything else happened this week anything you want to talk about yeah I, okay because so, i don't have anything my week was pretty mellow so well i actually had i'm not going to go into super detail about it but there was actually a pretty big issue between Nick and I. So Friday evening, he had something come up that caused him to feel a little insecure. And he kind of ran with it. Okay. And when he brought it to me, I gave an answer. He didn't accept the answer. He had decided that he knew he believed in his heart and his mind, something different than what my answer was. And so we had a very we had a rough weekend between the two of us between within our relationship, right? On on Saturday, there were some things said, and then we didn't speak Saturday evening. There wasn't a whole lot of speaking Sunday. And then we talked a little bit on Monday yesterday, which was my new job. Uh, also day one of my new job. And then today, everything we had, we had a really good conversation. So let me go back. First thing, right, when you asked how my week was, and I said it was really good, and now you say, well, was, this, was there anything? And here there was this really big situation. For the first time, probably ever in my life, I had a situation where someone I love dearly is very upset with me, hurt by something they believe I did or, or want, scared about what may happen. Someone I love very much was feeling these feelings. Um, anger about something that they believe I said or did. And for the first time ever, this person that I love dearly feeling this way, and not just Nick specifically, right? Anyone I love, my mom, my siblings, my friends, my very close co-workers, my children, anyone I, I love feeling this way towards me in the past, 
would have set me into this, I have to fix it. Yeah. I have to explain. I have to justify. I have to manipulate their thoughts and feelings to match what I think and feel mm-hmm. about myself, right? Because I know me better than anyone, so I have to be right and I have to show them. And that's what I would have done in the past. And for the first time ever in my, prob- again, probably my entire life, I did not do that. I simply said, no, that is not what happened. That is not what I said. This is what I said. And then when he didn't accept that, that was enough, right? I didn't, I didn't really say or do much else. I, I, I allowed him his space to feel his feelings. I gave him his space. And I was genuinely and authentically still at peace within myself. For the first time ever. Like, like I can't describe, I enjoyed time with my daughter. I did not worry about what he was going to say or what he was going to do or if we were going to talk. I did not obsess about how I could show him that what he thought about me was wrong. I did not try to prove how right I was, how honest I was, right? Like, I didn't lie. He basically was accusing me, not accusing, he didn't accuse me of lying. He he didn't take my answer for what it was. He heard what he heard and he didn't believe me. And for me, in the past, I would have seen that as he's accusing me of lying. I cannot allow him to believe that I'm a liar. So I need to prove to him that I'm telling the truth. Right. And then I would have picked at him and fought with him and, and forced him to listen and bullied my way into showing him just how wrong he was. That sounds awful saying it, but when I did it, it didn't feel awful. It felt so justified because I'm telling the truth. I'm right. I'm, I'm honest. Oh, how yeah. dare you call me a liar? But to describe it now, it sounds awful, doesn't it? It does. I mean, however, I can look at it from, a you know, if somebody was somebody listening to this podcast that has not done the work to understand that it's not awful because you were just doing what you you were doing with what you knew at the time. I can't say it sounds awful because it's just I mean, it sounds awful, but it's not awful because it was just where you were at. That's right. That's right. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Right, exactly. I didn't know then what I know now. And had I, I would have done what I did this weekend. Exactly. And, and what I did this weekend was to not do any of that. I gave him the space to feel what he felt. And then he came back to me in a very different manner, right? Instead of coming back to me in a conversation, he went from no speaking to very physically intimate and loving, very, very loving physically. And I'm not just saying sexually. I mean, like, emotionally, physically. Like, he was very clearly showing me emotionally through physical touch and through kiss that he was sorry and he loved me. But there was no conversation, and I felt like that was just this whiplash, like from I am not speaking to you, I want nothing to do with you, to 
now I love you more than anything and I feel insecure with our relationship. So I need you desperately to show me how much you love me. Only relayed through physical affection. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So how did you, I mean, because that's a hard, whether you're in a healthy place or a non-healthy place, that doesn't matter in this situation. But in the, to go from this extreme one way to coming back to this this more of a physical intimacy of wanting a physical intimacy level how did you handle that because to me like that would mess with my head right so it took me almost a full day now keep in mind too the last two days were my first two days at my brand new job so there's a lot of going a lot of things going on um there's also another situation going on that I don't want to get too in detail with a um, 16-year-old child in my that's in my life, not one of my children, um, but a, a different one outside of my family. So that, that's been a lot of information going on too there. Um, and then also this situation with Nick. So it, it took me a little while. So the first 24 hours yesterday when this first started, I was kind of detached like right I would kiss him back and I would hug him back but it would be not what he was looking for it would it would be hey I love you but I'm not there right Right? physically right here's a kiss but it's not the emotional intense I love you kiss that you're looking for we all know the difference now today again he got a little bit more intense with his needy needing of affection I don't I don't want to call it in any negative way, right? Because he communicates in a physical affection way. I I can tell his emotions. He very, very clearly communicates his emotions to me with physical affection. I told him once, you don't need to tell me I love you. I can feel it when you touch me and when you hug me. And and I, I mean that. He is very, very clear with his emotions when he does it through touch. Okay. Um. So today he got a little bit needier. It became more intense. Like I, he, he really needed me to respond to this. So I actually stopped and I looked at him and I said, listen, I can feel your need coming through your physical affection. And I want you to know that I also can feel that you can feel my pullback. I know you can feel my pullback. I want you to know that is not because I don't love you. I love you very, very much that pullback that you feel is because I feel like I have whiplash and I really need to have a verbal conversation with you about this before I can reciprocate what you're needing. Um, And I said that to him quietly in his ear while I was hugging him. So I made it as intimate yeah and positive as i possibly could um and he responded for the first time ever with okay let's sit down and talk about it and we did right then right there we sat down and i told him the issues that i had with our interactions friday saturday sunday He acknowledged his responsibility. He acknowledged that he understood, and I felt very, very heard. I felt very understood. 
I felt like he received every single thing I said. And then we ended it with a, a daily meditation for couples and a prayer. Nice. And let me also say, he believes in a very Southern Baptist God. I do not believe in that God by any means. Mm -hmm. But we prayed together. Wow. So how do you feel now that you had this conversation? So the first thing that I feel is pride, proud. I am very proud of us. I am proud of myself. I am proud of him and I am proud of us, right? This is a triangle of there is a me, there is a him, and there is an us. And I had to do my work and he had to do his work and we had to do our work in order for this to be successful. Mm -hmm. So on Friday, when this issue came up, there was a withdrawal made from our relationship, right? There was an issue. There was a negative interaction. That is a withdrawal from our relationship. Then today, when this conversation happened, there was a deposit that covered every bit of that withdrawal from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? Because we talked about all, there was a list of five things that I needed to discuss. And we sat and discussed each one of those five things in a very calm, pleasant manner. But wait a so minute. each of that. Wait a minute. You just said that his withdrawals were Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you're telling me that his deposit of an four-hour conversation made up for that? Absolutely. Well, how does that work? Because the deposit was just as large as the withdrawal, right? So even though the issue lasted all weekend, it was still, we, we talked about everything that happened. There were five things that happened Friday, Saturday, Sunday that I was not okay with. There were five things that I needed to be heard about and, and I was not okay with. And we talked about each of those five things. And he had, I believe, two things that he needed to be talked about. And we talked about those two things also, which were two of my things. So... We talked about every single withdrawal that was made. And by talking about it and resolving it in a calm, happy, healthy manner, it negated the withdrawal. That deposit, that, that positive, that conversation just completely erased that withdrawal from that relationship. There's nothing left under the rug. There's nothing that I'm left holding on to. There's no resentment. There's no bitterness. There was a situation, I took my inventory, he took his inventory, we made a amends for our issue, and then we prayed. Then we reached out to our higher power together. That's, and I didn't realize that added part of praying. And when I say we prayed, there's a prayer in the bottom of the daily meditation that we ran over, and we read that prayer. That is praying together. Right. So not only, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm super, I don't know. Not only was there me and I did what I needed to do for me and for myself, number one. And he did what he needed to do for him and his self, number one. And then we 
did what we needed to do for ourselves. And then we brought our higher power into it with us. And I think that if we were missing any one of those four pieces, we wouldn't be complete. So has this ever happened before? Never once. Literally, and Dawn, I don't mean never once with Nick. I mean never once in my life. Not with my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my sibling. Nobody, never, not my children, never once in my life, I am 39 years old, has this happened before. Do you think it's going to happen every time going forward? I think it's going to happen a lot going forward. I think this is going to become our new normal. Now, I want to add in, I don't think that doesn't mean we won't slip, right? There's four aspects here. It's not one aspect. If it was just me, that's one thing. If it was just him, that's one thing. But now it's him, me, us, and we have to include our higher power. So do I think it will be perfect? Absolutely not. Do I think we will continue on this absolutely spectacular, wonderful path that we have started on? Yes, I do. Do I think this weekend was perfect? No, I, I definitely don't, right? It shouldn't. It shouldn't take three days, four days to get where we got. Ideally, we could have done that in an hour. At the same time, we have to keep in mind, two years ago, he was so far into his addiction and I was so far into my codependency that if I wore his sweater to work, we didn't speak for two weeks. This is huge. This growth, this, I, I don't know if I can relay in words just how large and how important to me it is that I was able to sit down with someone who was angry at me. Take Nick out of the equation. It didn't have to be Nick. I'm glad it was. I'm very happy that we could do that. But the fact that I was able to sit down with someone who felt a negative emotion towards me, speak my truth, leave them to their devices, and when they were ready and it felt right to me, speak my truth again and be heard, feel heard, know that I said what I needed to say and be okay with them no matter how they felt towards me, right? Be happy and peaceful and serene in my life no matter how this person I love feels towards me regardless of the fact that they have some sort of negative feeling towards me. I am still okay in my own skin. I don't need to make them okay with me. And not only do I not need to make them okay with me, but it's not fake. Like it's, I used to, I used to pretend I was okay, right? Me and Nick would get into it and I would go overboard with having fun to make it seem like I was really okay. Yeah. This wasn't that. This, this wasn't that at all. This was a genuine, I still have peace in my heart and in my mind 
even though you are way wrong and and it's it's not cool and you're really angry and you're really hurt and I really wish you weren't but okay that's okay I can still have peace and serenity it's really amazing so now that obviously you've thought you've thought about this and I know this conversation with Nick just happened um But what would you, reflecting back to the weekend part of it, was it, would there be anything you would change? Like if you, that you could take away from it for yourself, obviously you cannot change anything he did because that's his to change. But looking at your own personal behaviors in that, what could you have done differently in that situation? Because I think that's something we, we forget to do. And you know, I'm using it. We'll go. Somebody goes on a date. You go on a date, and oh, I had a great time on the date. But you never look back and revisit what could have, like, what I could have done differently, or at a work situation, or in a, in you know, in an intimate romantic relationship, or with my an interaction with my mother. What if, if anything, would you have done differently? All right. So. Taking a self-inventory, that's what kind of what you're describing there. That's exactly that is what I'm what describing. describing there. Yep. Yes. Um, and I think I already did the positive self-inventory, right? Because I'm very proud of myself. Right? I'm very proud of us. But the growth um, comes from looking at the negative as well. Right. Um, so there was one situation Saturday where he was kind of coming at me um, with his, his thoughts and his beliefs, which in my, they were, they did not match up to mine. Um, and, and we're talking about something I said. So he was coming at me with what he said and I responded with, well, maybe you should just move out. I, I just, I couldn't just not say anything. I, I, it was a knee jerk response. And did I want that? No. Was that, my goal, no. Is it ever good in a relationship to tell somebody that you're done and they should leave and it's over because you're angry? Absolutely not. So definitely that I should have done differently. I, I will ideally do differently next time for sure. Um, I really would have liked to allow him to vent the things he needed to say without giving any attention to it at all. Because when I give that negative attention to it, it just spins him out further. Not that that's my responsibility. His behaviors are not my responsibility. But I am not helping the situation by coming back at him with something that I don't really mean, right? And I can only take my own inventory. So ideally, I would like not to do that in the future. Okay. So how do you go about... Not doing that in the future. Well, just not saying it. Not text. I even texted it. It wasn't even worse. I didn't even say it. So it's not like I thought it and it just blurted out. I, I wanted to end the fight. I wanted to end the back and forth. And I was sick of him texting me about it. So I just wanted to end the conversation. And so I said what I knew would end the conversation. Or at least what I thought would end the conversation, because it didn't, not then, and clearly we had another conversation, so not send it, not say it, not, not, 
I think one of the things we do, and I, right, you knew what would end it. You're like, your intention was there. You knew exactly what you were doing, right, when you, when you texted it. And I, and I, like, we've all, I've been there as well. But, oh, yeah, I typed it out and deleted it twice and uh, typed it out a third time and hit send. Yeah, right? It, right? It, like, he sent me two more messages oh, and I deleted it. And after the third message, I sent it. Like, I'm tired. And really, what I should have done is just muted the text message. What I should have done is just not responded. What it, maybe what I should have done is just said stop texting. You no, know, because that's controlling. Right. I just not respond. Right. Silence. No response is a response. It says it all. Exactly. Right. Just like no is a complete sentence. Silence says I was it all. all up in my need to be right. Yep. And that's okay. Right. That is okay that you were there. As long as you go back. And you look at it and know what you were doing and why you were doing it and how I can approach that differently next time. Because there will be a next time. Yes. Because I don't well, know right, about you. Part of- I, it's been the repetitive patterns over and over for my en- entire life. It'll be there. Yeah. There will be a next time without a doubt. And part of what made this last as long as it did is that I wasn't just done with it Friday, right? When When... He wasn't just done with it Friday. We said what we needed to say Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday morning, he said something else. And instead of just being done with it, because I already said what I needed to say, I had to come back at him. And that is where it gets very difficult is instead of going for two weeks coming back at him, I only went for a couple of hours. That's huge growth. That's huge progress. At the same time, I went for a couple of hours. And that's okay. I mean, like, right, there's part of these. It's okay. I don't need to beat myself up. Exactly. It's also important to notice. Right. You know, these patterns that we've had our entire lives, these same old records we play over and over and over, are not just going to disappear. They're just going to, con- they are going to continue to happen on occasion. The goal is for them to get fewer and fewer and fewer and you just, and we get better at handling them. Yes. And we can't beat ourselves up when we have those moments of a codependent slip and we fall back into an old pattern because you just, you have 39 years of these patterns how do you break these patterns to break these patterns in in two years or five years or right i gotta give myself a break i need at least give myself the 39 years in my case right 52 <laughs> to get to, to to kind of like get better at it. Right, right i mean i gotta give myself time yeah it takes time patience right it's important to know where growth is needed Mm-hmm. And it's important to understand that growth takes time. Right. So even though you guys had a very healthy conversation, you both came at came, both came at it from a very healthy place and brought in your higher power. At the end of the day, yes, we can acknowledge what, his side of it and what he the the work that he did and the effort that he put into that. But 
our focus has to be as well on, you know, on ourselves. And in your case, what you did and what you did differently. And yes, by just yes. bringing in your higher power in, in every situation, I'd love for you to share the Hawk story. Okay. So yesterday morning was Monday morning. It was my first day at my new job. Nick and I were not speaking at this point because we were having Saturday and Sunday argument. Um, I was driving into work and I was worried about everything, but not, I wasn't worried about, I was thinking I was processing, right? That's my drive in to work. When I drive in my car, that's my time with my higher power. So I wasn't, I wasn't worrying. I was processing and I had three specific situations that I was processing. One situation with someone outside of my family that I care a lot about, um, a young girl, another situation with Nick and, and where we were, and now this new job. And I was listening to some music and just kind of talking out loud. That's how I talk to my higher power. And <laughs> a hawk, I was at a stop sign turning right, and the hawk flew down in front of my windshield and landed on the stop side and just stared at me. And so I out loud said to, I, I said, uh, Google, my, my Google voice activator thing, because I was driving, what is the spiritual meaning of a hawk flying in your path? And Google comes back over my Bluetooth and says, the spiritual meaning of this, according to a whatever website, is you are on the right path. Continue the direction you are on. You are on the right path. Wow. All of a sudden, it was okay. I I was confident. I was I wasn't worried about any of those situations. And I had this I had this faith, peace, trust, understanding, knowledge that I was doing exactly what I needed to do, and the things that I were doing were the right things. And I am on the right path. Would you have noticed something like that before? I, three years ago, no. Two years ago, probably not. Within the last year to 18 months, I've started noticing things like that. Yeah. I notice birds flying. I notice the smells I smell. I know, like, that, you know, I'll walk outside or I know... I think that's one of the beautiful things that not just awareness of myself, but it is awareness of me and myself in this beautiful world that we have that has allowed me to be aware of my surroundings because my head is not so cluttered with all the bullshit that I used to carry around. Now I can yes. walk outside and I notice a beautiful blue day with the beautiful white clouds and a bird flies by, or I noticed a blue jay the other day. I don't ever see a blue jay, never, but I noticed a blue jay. Just those little, and I was in my car when I noticed it. There's. So what you're describing is conscious living. Exactly. Right? So when I am living out of my nervous system, um, fight, fight, flight, freeze or fawn, which is there is now four um, nervous system responses. I know it used to only be fight or flight, but they have added in freeze or fawn. And if you think about it, 
Um, a lot of times people are familiar with dogs. Dogs show all four nervous system responses. Fight, aggression, flight, which is the fearful one that tries to run away. Freeze, the one that just pauses and doesn't move and you're like, uh, are you okay? And it's just not moving. Or fawn, the one that comes real low, crawling up on its belly and starts licking your face like, I swear I love you, I'm the nicest thing in the world. Don't you want to that is fawning. In humans, those are very similar, right? So fight, we know. Flight, we know. Freeze, we can't do anything. We can't make a choice. We're just frozen. We're stuck here. Just And I felt that, right? Where I can't talk back. I can't defend myself. I can't run. I just can't move. I'm just stuck staring. And, and it's just, I'm not even taking in what's being said at me. I'm just stuck here. Or fawn. Yeah, you're right. I'm so sorry. I love you. It's okay. Are you sure you're good? Is everything all right? Right? So when we are not living in those four main responses, when we are aware of ourselves and we are living in the moment and we are growing, that awareness, awareness creates growth, that awareness also helps us to be conscious of what's actually happening around us instead of our nervous system reacting without thought. So when we're conscious of what's around us, we notice blue jays, we notice hawks or rainbows or shooting stars or beautiful mm -hmm. sunrises or sunsets. It's impossible to notice those things if I'm thinking about the fight I had with somebody right. a year ago or what I'm going to do next week. That, for me, being able to be, to have conscious, conscious living, that, even when I, and I found, you know, and I work from home a couple of days a week, and I'm, you know, I'm in the office three, and still, I'll find myself, when I start feeling those feelings, that I'll start crawling up my back into my shoulders, I've learned that I can step outside, and I can reconnect with nature, and I've, it's almost became a, become a tool for me to be able to ground myself by getting outside and being able to look at the sky, look at the clouds, look at the trees, feel the breeze, watch the birds. So do you know that grounding, what you're describing, is also actually a thing? Yes, I did. But would you please share? Can you tell us more about it? Because I'm sure you're way more, yeah. not, much, much more knowledgeable about it than I am. Well, so I'm no professional by any means. I, I am no expert. From my understanding, um, now your shoes interfere with grounding. You want to take your shoes off. If it's nice out, you live in Florida, it's always nice to take your socks off too. Go out barefoot. Yeah, but we have crappy um, grass. Rubber, Right, so rubber interferes with electricity, electrons, neutrons, and what grounding is, is you step outside and the ground, the grass, the ground, the earth, is made up of positive and negative electrons, neutrons, atoms, I'm not sure of the actual words and verbiage here, um, but your body is also made up of atoms, both positive and neg negative, electrons and neutrons. And when you step out into the grass, those electrons and neutrons flow from the ground through your feet or your body, if you're sitting or laying, up into your body. And it 
it is scientifically proven. They have done research where they test the atoms in your body. The neutrons, the negative atoms are removed and the positive atoms are put in. And so your body becomes more chemically balanced, more electri- electronically balanced, neurobalanced. I don't know the correct verbiage again, but your body becomes more balanced. And once your body is balanced, you feel emotionally balanced. So I don't take my shoes off here in Florida. The grass is too hard. It's too crunchy. It's <laughs> right. It's just. But one of the yes, first. Yes, I've been there. Yes. But one of the first things I do when I get up, when I go to my sister's in Indiana, is I walk in her backyard, if I can, if it's not in, the, you know, winter. And I put my feet in the grass. Because for yep. me, there is something. And I'll just walk around. I I, I look like um, Richard Gere in uh, Pretty Woman when he has to he takes his feet off and walks in the gr- grass and he ha- has his pants all rolled up. <laughs> I do that when I go to New York. It's so funny to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just something. The grass down south does not feel the same as the grass up north. Nope, not at all. Not at all. But it, there so- is definitely just a connection with nature. Yes. And balance. Yep. Humans were, we, we, we never, we, 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 just in the last, what, 100 years, we've started living in houses. Right. Right. We used to be in nature all the time. And our bodies are made for that. Yep. I know a lot of people, some people go to the mountains and they feel refreshed. Other people go to the ocean and they feel refreshed. Other people go to the forest and they feel refreshed. I know for me, it's the lake specific lake or mountains i know for nick it's the ocean like yeah there's certain areas where you just gotta put your feet in the sand or put your feet in the water or put your feet in the grass and and that's what it is it is it is your body recognizing those atoms and those atoms recognizing your body and it's Like, if you're able to pay attention to it, if we are conscious living, if we are aware of what our body is craving and what our needs are, you can feel your body craving that connection. I can feel my body craving that connection. One of the things that I've changed, you know, I would go outside and just look straight forward. But one of the things that I do now whether I'm, it's at night and I'm walking the dog, it's during the day and I'm walking my dog, whether I'm, it doesn't matter. I look up. I never realized that I used to never look up. And there is some beautiful sights up. And I, I walk outside at night, especially, and I'll be like, there'll be stars. And you know, I live just outside of a big city. So, or, you know, big enough city, right? That you always hear, oh, you got to go, you know, the country to see the stars. No, I have beautiful stars here, but I never looked up. Now I look up and I'm like, oh, and I stand there and I just look up and I let that connection just happen. It's all about time. Yep. Calmness, right? Like, like you said, you let it happen. If you're stuck in last year or the past, or you're stuck in next year or the future, then you cannot possibly, I cannot possibly focus on the here and now. 
I can't notice the call of my body to nature. I cannot notice the connection with my higher power. I can't hear my inner voice. I can't, I can't possibly see where I am now or what is truly happening now if my brain and my thoughts and my heart is always in the past or in the future. There's just not enough space inside right. of me for the past, the future, and the here and now. Right. So the here and now ends up getting put on that fight or flight, that fight, flight, fawn, or freeze, right? The here and now gets put on that response instead of put on the conscious response because the conscious response is so full of the past and the future. And the past and future are two things we can't control and change, but we live there crazy isn't it the the here and now is the one thing that we have control over but it's also the one thing that is our subconscious mind is in control of yeah how many times a day do you begin doing something and then before you know it you're done and you're like oh oh okay i guess i did that my subconscious just did that right i'll be cooking dinner and be like, oh, crap, did I start the sauce? And then go back in and the sauce is finished. First thing that pops out of my head is how many times have you been driving down the road and you get to a point and you realize, how did I get here? Like, I don't remember the last stoplight or the stoplight before that or the stoplight. All the time. All the time. And that's right. Like we said, that's because our conscious mind is so full of the past or the present, right? We're sitting in our car thinking about what we did or said or what we're going to do or say that we're not focused on the here and now. Our subconscious has completely taken control. The person behind me, I'd sit at a stoplight and a person behind me would have to honk because I I would not realize the light changed. And I would be literally sitting there staring straight forward and I wouldn't realize the light changed because I was not in my present mind. I was thinking about whatever. My mind was going crazy. Now the person might have to honk at me because I'm watching the birds because the birds are all of a sudden playing this game and chasing each other and and diving and flipping and doing all of this. And I'm mesmerized and just living in this moment and I'm playing with the birds in my head. I'm like, right, I'm just enjoying it and I'm seeing it. Now imagine, right, you have something like a drive home and your experience from then versus now. So now imagine that for the last, for me, 39 years, I have been living subconsciously. My day-to-day life for the last 39 years has been subconscious living. That's insane to me. Not, it's not insane. I need to pick my words carefully. It's outlandish to me because (laughs) how did I possibly make it through my life without focusing on the here and now and not in a negative way outlandish. It is a negative way outlandish, but also in a positive way because look where I am and God, if I did that subconscious living, what can I do with conscious living? Exactly. I was in survival mode for 48 years of my life. just surviving, just literally getting from one moment to the next, not, not in a present mindset it was just autopilot and you know what's i'm gonna admit this for a minute it's really because i lived so much of my life on autopilot i can remember i remember 
a decent amount about my children growing up. But I think about how much more I would have been able to remember and enjoy. Yeah. Because you don't get that time back. And I gave well, it away right, and, so and, easily. Well, and we can't focus on that, right? Because, again, hindsight is twenty right? twenty. Yep. If we knew then what we know now, we wouldn't be here right now. Exactly. So when I have grandchildren, I will be able to be more present. When I am going to work tomorrow, I'll be able to be more present. When I talk to you, I'm able to be more present. I'm not worrying about 50 million things that I don't need to be worrying about, and I'm not present for you. Right. And how, how amazing is it that from now on, every single person that I love will get to experience me fully present for them because I have learned how to be aware of my moment-to-moment existence. Exactly. Yep. What an awareness today has created for me. You know, I didn't have any of this awareness before we talked today. Well, I'm glad that you were able to find it. One of the things we talked about, and I just, we're going to kind of go full circle back to the beginning part where we're talking about Nick. And I asked you earlier, you have been, you and Nick have been together 16 years. Yes, you took a two-year hiatus to get some things figured out, right? Him to, you know, work on himself and, you know, get himself sober. And we were talking about patterns and habits that he's been allowed to, and you have been doing the same patterns for 16 years and today he there was a different pattern and you related that to a dog dog training (laughs) right and I would I think it's a really interesting thing that I would love to just kind of touch on really quickly kind of to wrap this up but we and I'm gonna let you pick up because I know you can relate it better and use the dog analogy yeah 10 year old dog Versus a four-month-old puppy. So when I'm training a 10-year-old dog, I always tell my clients, listen, this is a 10-year-old dog. This dog has already learned that if if a human does A, then it must do B. Because the best way to get what it wants is by doing B. Right? This dog's 10 years old. It's tried C. It's tried F. It's tried G. The best way it knows for 10 years to get what it wants is to do B. But I don't want the dog to do B. I want the dog to do G. But for 10 years, this dog has done B. So now I need to teach this dog to do G. And in order to teach this dog to do G, I have to understand that first the dog is going to try over and over and over to do B because B has always worked. So for instance, if what I want is when I come in the door, my 10 year old dog runs over and sits so I can say hello to him. But what I currently have is a 10 year old dog who runs over and jumps on me. There is no possible way that I can expect that 10-year-old dog in one, two, or three weeks to no longer jump. First, that 10-year-old dog has to understand that jumping is not going to work. Then he's going to try barking. Then he's going to try running in a circle. Then he's going to try sitting. And the reason he's going to do all of those things first is because those other things have probably likely worked in the past. Even if they didn't work to get the positive attention, 
They worked to get some sort of attention, which is what the dog is trying to get. Typically, people will say, stop, sit, down, leave it, come, enough, something. Now, if I am working with a four-month-old puppy, that four-month-old puppy does not have all of these preconceived notions that that 10-month-old or 10-year-old dog has. That four-month-old puppy has never barked or ran or jumped over and over and over to get attention. So that four-month-old puppy is going to learn in a matter of three or four interactions not to jump on me where that 10-year-old dog is not going to learn for probably 15 to 20 interactions. Um, and it's this is almost down to a science, right? So for, for an older dog, you need to give approximately three times as long as you would expect to give a puppy. The reason for that, again, is because the puppy does not have all of the preconceived notions that the older dog has. So how this relates to Nick and I's relationship and humans is this is a 16-year relationship. We both have patterns, preconceived ideas of how the other is going to behave and what the other is going to do or what we are going to behave or do. It is not going to change or all of a sudden be good just because him and I are changed. This is an old relationship, right? It's going to take time for both of us together in our relationship to have new ideas together. Whereas if this was a new relationship, all of those old preconceived notions wouldn't be there. So the interactions would be it would be a bit easier to obtain these higher level reactions than what it currently is for us. I said to you, what, you guys have been back together, what, six months-ish? And Yeah, we've lived back together. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you've been back together, living apart for a year, plus 18 months, whatever. But anyways, right. I remember saying to you that you're going to have to work harder than a new than someone going into a new relationship. Right? Going into a new relationship, for me, going into a relationship now, if I approach it with my recovery and my tools at the forefront, my relationship could be different from my side of the street. Than a, than a relationship has been in the past, right? Because I can set boundaries. I can teach, and I use teach in quotes, a person what my needs are from day one. And, and it can be very, it can be very quickly from a different standpoint, right? From Correct. the very beginning, this can be a, a brand new relationship. It is a brand new relationship with brand new interactions that are in a manner of healthy living. Right, exactly. But if I'm trying to continue a relationship that has been going on for 16 years, in your, in, in your case, and these healthy behaviors have literally been 14 of them, it is, it no, is going the to... The unhealthy behaviors yes. have been 14 of them, right. Thank you. The 14 years have been the unhealthy portion. It is going to be harder 
to change those patterns the, into the healthy patterns because these these boundaries that have, have not been there for years and you're kind of having to relearn everything about each other. And that takes time because old patterns, they're comfortable. This has worked before. This is what I did right, before. And, and in order to relearn everything about each other, I have to be willing to unlearn what I think I already know. Exactly. He gets right? to change so, his mind. He gets to ask for something different than he's asked for the last 16 years. So right. do you. You get to have a new brownie. I And this popped in my head. I don't know why. I don't, I, and I do like to have my neck kissed, but I'm going to use this as an example. It's like, it'd be you 16 years. I don't like my neck, my neck kiss, but he's been kissing your neck for 16 years. That's going to take him a minute to remember, oh, wait a minute. She doesn't like her neck kissed, right? I got to do something else. Me, and I might have to remind him a few times. Exactly. Me going in dating for the first time, I can make like you know, oh that tickles. I, you know, I'm just not a fan of that because it just tickles so bad. Or I can say whatever I need to say to set that pattern, that boundary day one. And I again, I don't know why the whole net kissing thing is what popped in my head. That's what I thought of, but it's okay. We'll just go with it. Right. Just an example. Right. Yeah. But I totally get it because that's exactly right. For 16 years, I pretended that I was good with some things because I thought that's what I had to do in order to be loved. Right. So I pretended that this was the way I wanted to do this when really I don't like that at all. And and there's not anything specific. This is just an example, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And so it's going to take, like you said, it. I pretended I liked him kissing my neck because I didn't know how to say don't kiss my neck. Side thought here. I do like it when you kiss my neck. Please don't think that's real. Anyways. <laughs> Kissing the neck is it's, good. <laughs> right. Anyways, if I had said that for 16 years, now all of a sudden I'm like, hey, listen, I'm being authentic with myself. I really don't like that. It's going to take time to remember. Exactly. Whereas your new relationship from the get-go, you say, hey, I don't like that. Yep. He's going to know it. Exactly. So, and really that's not on him. That's on me. Right. Because for 16 years, I pretended I was okay with it. It's not toxic of him to forget that this isn't really what she likes because I pretended to like it. It's a new road and new path for both of you. It's not just a new road for you. Right. And you both have to be willing to be on the same road and navigate the, the potholes in the road together. Patience. Patience, yeah. You know, I think that's a great place to to leave this. I have experienced some major, major growth in the last five days. My relationship has experienced some major growth in the last five days. And there is still a lot of growth to go. That's what happens in in relationships that are that's what happens when I love someone, right? I, I love him because I love him. I don't love him because he gives me things or because he provides things, emotional needs, or I love him because I want to love him. Loving him does not mean he owes me something. Loving him means I need to be who I am and I need to do what I think is right. 
That's all it means. It doesn't mean he needs to do anything. It means I love him. So I love that just the simplicity of that. It's I just love him. It is. It's him. Right. We can't love people with if they this, if they that. And it's, it's just such a pure way. So thank you for thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. It's unconditional love. And when I love people, I don't have an expectation of them. Right. And I need to be patient with our growth. We're growing together. This is a lifelong commitment. It could take us 40 years to get where I can see, right, us eventually becoming. And it's a, yeah, it's a one day at a time process. Just like right. my growth is a day at a time. Yes. All right. Well, Ashley, thank you. Everyone check out the other podcasts on your favorite streaming service. New podcasts come out every single Tuesday. Love to all. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ashley. You are very welcome. And thank you, everyone. And I, I have truly enjoyed and look forward to continuing to share this journey with you guys. All right. Have a great week. You too, Dawn. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it. I will find you. You will ask. What will you do when you find me? I will find you. Give the answer to your question. What will I do when I